Drumming. This is the Working Drummer Podcast, featuring conversations with ground-level pros from all styles and regions. Real drummers with real stories about making a living in music. Hey everyone, this is Matthew Krause, and you are listening to the podcast Working Drummer. Today is returning guest, drummer Hubert Payne. You can catch Hubert on past episodes, episode 98, 104, 200, and 274. Hubert is the recording and touring drummer for the band Little Big Town. He is a much sought-after drummer in the Nashville music scene where he lives. Today we talk to Hubert about his growing practice as a life and performance coach, as well as the location where he meets with clients called The Space. If you're interested in supporting what Zach and I do here at the podcast, you can become a Patreon member. Find us at patreon.com slash working drummer. Any donation in any amount gets you access to exclusive content that's provided by our former guests. This content covers a variety of topics, but it's all educational and applicable to the working professional. If Patreon isn't your thing, you can make a one-time donation through PayPal, and you can find links to both of these things on our homepage at workingdrummer.net. And while you're there, you can find out more about this episode and the over 300 episodes that we've done over the years. And no matter what your platform of choice is for listening to podcasts, giving us a like, a rating, and review always helps us grow. Hubert's one of those drummers that's just on another level. When you hear him play, you know what I'm talking about. But also with life itself, Hubert is on another level. He is a very graceful, kind person that exudes uh, excitement and love. And so when he told me about this new coaching practice that he's doing, I thought, you're perfect for this and we should talk about it and let people know that this type of coaching and counseling is available for people. And of course, we're honored to have Hubert back on the podcast. And I hope you enjoy this conversation with Hubert Payne. talk about you no more what would i do that for ain't no need messing with my good time hell no i don't sit around by myself feeling better than i've ever felt at least i know that's what it looks like hell yeah i go get drunk on I knew I wanted to get into coaching. If I wasn't playing music, I'd be a football coach, no doubt. Football yeah. guy. Um, I was passionate about, you know, helping people execute in performance, right? And it took a different shape as I kept going in my life journey. Right. So I got into ministry school, took a, took a bit of a different shape. And then um, we could talk more about this, but I had this awesome experience of during the pandemic, I linked up with this place called Onsite. Mm-hmm. Onsite is like the NFL of healing, trauma, mm-hmm. wellness, mm-hmm. personal development. And I was exposed um, to a lot of great therapeutic concepts and techniques to get people from broken to healing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it just, man, when I tell you, <laughs> it, it was amazing. And 
I saw, wait a minute, we're all always performing. Every time you talk to someone, that's the interaction between your internal environment and then their stimulus, you know, mm -hmm. what they give you. And the emotional intelligence is, do you have the ability to, you know, take a different role or are you going to respond just to your emotion? You know what I mean? Um, are you going to respond to the current state or are you going to respond with the older version of yourself that's trying to protect you from something that happened to you? You know, mm -hmm. and I started being like, oh, man, that's performance. If I can help people show up better in relationship with themselves, with their higher power, other people, like that's what, that's what I want to do. <laughs> right. So often yeah. we're thinking about when we're when we're quote unquote performing the way people traditionally think of that. Mm -hmm. We're thinking how are we? Uh, how how does that? How does life inform us on how we perform our instrument? Our mm -hmm. in, through through acting through any type of quote unquote performance. You're saying things in life, just day to day things, has a performance element to it. That's right. And I like using that word, not that you have to go try to be something. The reason why I like using that word is because when it's a performance, you, you got an opportunity to take agency, right? Hmm. So if you say, yes, I am performing with my wife, well, that means you got an opportunity to work on yourself. So you show up, you got like dynamic range with her. Because yeah. you're like, man, this is performance. How do I work on performance? Now you and I are talking now. Now it's like, well, um, you know, how are you organizing your life experience? Is, is stress coming in? How much stress is coming into play? Um, you know, is, is it work stuff? Is it health stuff? How are you interacting with your wife? Let's talk about that performance. What's going on in your internal environment? What are all the factors, you know? Um, What's your mission when it comes to her? Well, let me you ask know? you something, though, when, when it comes to a relationship with a spouse. Yep. So something so intimate, the idea of performance is like, again, an, an, a concept that is you're acting, you're, mm -hmm. you're being somebody that's not you. Like, mm -hmm. So how do, you, how do you convince somebody that no performance can be intimate, performance can be the real you? So I, liked, I say it like this a lot of times. Um, I like to use performance as a, as a window, right? Mm -hmm. Because you, you gain skills when you can step back and watch. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. Then you can add in accountability, you can add skills, and it's, it's more of a window. It's not, it's not a, it's an ability to compartmentalize, you know? It's like, that gives us so much just, man, leverage, opportunity to do different kinds of work. That's mm. what I see, you know? And and like I said, it's the most important performance. Because I, I know when I was younger, you would hear, man, you got, you know, you you want to be great so you can get gigs. And you, and you want to, you want everybody to be cool with you because you spend more hours off the stage. But how do you work on that? <laughs> how do you work on connection with people? Yeah. Um, and, and my answer is, look, let's look at the performance. Like, what are the factors in your internal environment that are either disconnecting or connecting you to people? Off stage. Off stage, mm -hmm. right? And furthermore, if when I, I like, I'm really convicted. I hear people talk about mental health in a judgmental way. It's like for sure. Oh, now 
oh man, I got to take a mental health day or that person's got mental health issues or um, it's mental health awareness month. And my thing is, what if we had, hey, it's obesity awareness month. (laughs) Where's the technique? You know what I mean? And if you ask most people, how do you work on your mental and emotional health? Most people say either I don't know or meditating or, and I just feel like, man, there's so much more skill and technique out there that we can work on if we take a performance approach to it. And Mm -hmm. it's not that you're trying to show up and force something that you're not, right? Because I found, even on the drums, like at this point in my life, the only reason Little Big Town has me around is because I have a voice. Like I have Mm -hmm. a certain sound and it's not about me trying to be something that I'm not on their records. It's I'm focused on my input and my value my skill set, and then I found a, a piece that matches. Like I can serve their need with who I am. So you, so really, the performance part gives you a bridge to like your authenticity, and that's mm. that's what I, man, it just fires me up because I, when people come in here, I'm trying to help them live from their authenticity. Because that's that's I think that's what we all want. That's what we desire, right? Right, right. and that gets. They get skewed, man. We get bad messages from people. You can't do that. Or or we see failure, you know? Um, yeah. I could I could go on and on about it, but I'll, I'll say this. Um, I, I define trauma as anytime we can't have an empowered response. Anytime we're getting a stimulus and we can't have an empowered response. Now, in the 60s, they would say only soldiers experience PTSD. They've been to war. They come home, that version of themselves that they needed to be to create, to survive that situation. Like it it doesn't fit here. So they, they're like a fish out of water and we want to help them get acclimated back into society. What I find is, man, I sit with musicians and they'll be like, man, I hadn't written a song in seven years. And when we get into the story, we realize seven years ago, they had a moment where they didn't feel empowered. They may have released some art and didn't get good feedback. Yeah. And then they began to protect themselves from that feedback by not even creating. I see that in a good friend of mine. He's experiencing that. He's like, he, he, he is constantly asking himself, if I do this, if I create this, what's the point? I'm like, yeah. well, to, and, and, and I'm thinking, you know, just kind of at the base level. And I'm like, to get things published, to have more opportunities, Mm -hmm. more doors opening up and then work more. And then he's like, yeah, but at what end? Then why? Then why? Mm -hmm. And just, he keeps pushing it. And I'm like, I don't, I don't understand. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's just, it's probably based on what you're talking about. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's a fracture, man. It's a break of trust. Um, I, I use here, I, I talk about it in this way. Um, we all have an undamaged center. As a Christian, I believe it's the Holy Spirit. Um, but I believe we all were born with an undamaged, trusting center. Mm-hmm. And along the way, things happen. Uh, people let us down. We experience traumatic events. And all those things, we begin to break the trust of belief and hope. And we take matters into our own hands <laughs> mm. and we create a way of being and protection. But then you become an adult and you realize, wait, man, this, this is a dysfunctional relationship. 
I said I'm a musician and I'm not even really going for it. What am I doing? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, wait a minute. Why, why did I stop believing? Uh, and, and the work is uh, building a bridge across those fractures, man. And it's some powerful healing that I've seen from the processes that um, I've been taught that I'm still creating. Um, and, and the healing drives me. If you talk to anyone who's been in here, like it's, it's, it's been really crazy. That's um, amazing. I yeah. feel like I, I, it, to, to better understand what you're talking about, I feel like I'm kind of living this right now. I have a 17-year-old that's mm -hmm. at the School of the Arts. He's studying classical guitar mm -hmm. and voice. He's going to the Eastman School Summer School program. Mm -hmm. He wants to be a professional musician. His old man is a professional musician. <laughs> and I've got lots of issues that I've tried to work through to yeah. try and do this in the healthiest way I possibly sure. can and still retain that joy and the yeah. passion yeah. that I had when I was 17. And so I'm really careful to be real with him mm -hmm. about the music business, but I do not want to squash his passion and his joy. Sure. And make my trauma his trauma. That's right, man. That what what you're saying right now, um, I see it a lot. I I believe that our first version of us, we created to survive our parents. Right. It's like whatever our parents don't learn how to regulate. They almost automatically give it to us. Um, yeah. I, I see that when I'm, when my, I started my son playing football at five years old, and I used to coach him as he was me, and I used to be really hard on him, and yeah. we had to get to a point where we just had to do a redo. And now when You're I like coach stage him, mom. yeah, I, I was like, I, I get in the car, I'm like, I'm like, hey man, we are we good? And and if he says I'm done, I don't want you to, I'm done, because it's about him. But what I had to do was get in my story and make sure, where am I not healed? Because wherever I'm not healed, um, it'll be, I heard this great analogy. It's like, what happens when you squeeze an orange? Orange juice comes out. You can put the orange anywhere, right? Mm -hmm. Put it mm -hmm. on wherever. Um, when we get squeezed, if we have resentment, if we got fear, mm. if we have any of those, um, that residue of traumatic things happening, it comes out. So for our kids, it's so important that we heal and we do the work, you know, and it's not a one time fix all. It's a it's something you got to subscribe for. You know what I mm -hmm, mean? Mm -hmm. um, and when we heal, I'm, our kids, they, they benefit and everyone around us benefits. Um, yeah. Even I mean, I wish there was more content for musicians, especially in relationships and trying to navigate marriage. Um, I think a lot of musicians struggle in marriage because we we figured out something to do with the pain, but we hadn't healed with the pain. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and then we bring that into marriage. A lot of people do. They don't have to be musicians, but um, two people who are broken and not either don't know how to work on a healing journey or are unwilling, uh, the communication will it's only going to go so far, and yeah. it creates a break. But um, Yes, your own healing journey is the best thing you can do for kids. Um, I man, I, I, I tell you, sit, sitting in here, I don't know very many times that when we got to the real issue, it didn't have something to do with the way people were parented. 
You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, right, 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 right. And and sibling order or, or environment, um, you know, divorce and all these things. The hopeful thing is they can be worked through if yeah. you're willing and you get the proper support to do it. And it's just so much beauty on the other side, man. Yeah. 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 I don't want to derail this this thread here, but I do want to pause for a second and, and talk about this is technically the fourth time you've been on. <laughs> yeah, but, yeah, um, man. yeah, man. We, we, we've had you on episode 98, 104, episode 200, and then we did a repost of 274. Hey, I'm of, proud, man. Let's go. <laughs> so this will be the fifth time you've been on. We like to say you're a friend of the show. Yeah, yeah. You might be the Steve Martin uh, <laughs> guest, you know, the most. That's cool, the, yeah. Um, Tell our listeners kind of what you're doing in the music world, yeah. the drumming world, and and then uh, let's then we can jump back on on okay. this and why we're here today. Yeah, so I am currently on tour with Little Big Town and Miranda Lambert. Um, it's a really cool tour, the Bandwagon Tour, because we play a set, she plays a set, and then we all play a set together. That's awesome. Double drums, like the Allman Brothers, Jane yeah. Brown is. It is the most fun thing I've ever been a part of. So we're doing that. Um, just released a new single. Um, and new record coming out in August. Super excited about that. Okay. We've been working on it. Um, a lot of the tunes from the last record that didn't make it um, made it on this one. So record release in, in August. Um, this summer, we're about to, in two weeks, we're going to Europe, tour with the Eagles. Get really out. excited about that. Wow. Super excited about that. <laughs> With Miranda too, or just uh, no? It's just little big town. Okay, just little big town. Um, and then, uh, yeah, we're you know record support. You know that whole deal. We'll we'll do all the all the things. But I'm Jeez. I'm really proud, really excited. Um, like when I, like I got the masters, and I'm excited about it. <laughs> and that's you on this record. Yes, this yep, new record. Yep. That's great, man. A lot of a lot a lot of per- I play a lot of percussion on it. Um, really proud of that. Okay. I'm, I'm like a lot of congas and bongos and really all kinds of stuff. Um, and I got to play some, you know, some some traditional country grooves, which I love. Yeah. Because I spent a lot of time through the years on Broadway, yeah. really trying to perfect. This is a train beat, and this is a a good country shuffle, and like I'm gonna play just like the sound of Brooks and Dunn right now. So like all those things, you know, you know, yeah, all yeah, the things that sure. we, we, we do. Yeah, so I'm I'm really excited about that, um, you know, and infusing the the funk and the R and B side of it all. But I, you know, you you are always the guy that I use as an example when, when somebody is talking about about Broadway, and we know it's not for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's not a thing, and and some people might see it as kind of something that you do if you don't have this type of gig, <laughs> and it's like. It, it it can be more than that. Oh yeah. And and Hubert's one of those guys down there and you've been very candid about like this is a chance for me to just do my thing. Yes. Keep my playing alive and yes. and my ears open. Yeah. And I'm it's it's like drum university, man. Mm-hmm. Where else can you walk to your job and see seven drummers play on the way? True. Every, everybody's cordial. If you wanted to sit in, you could. Yeah. You're hearing the same song, so it's like... Well, you could. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's, it's just, to me, it's just very interesting, man. It's like, 
I love watching drummers as much as I love playing. I love uh, hearing different people's approach and how they choose to focus on certain things. Right, right, because you yeah. know, the, there's. I mean, the funny thing is, is, is depending on the time of the day, you might hear the same ten songs being played from the twenty different clubs. That's right. So you can literally watch the different drummers play the same song. Yes. Yeah. And and it just deeper ingrains your understanding of the way you want to show up behind a kit to me. Yeah, because you get you got you know it's like I'm paying attention to everything like body type, posture. Um, oh my gosh! Yeah, all all kinds of things, man. Like where they're sitting in the groove, um, things that I like, things that I don't really resonate with, mm-hmm. which is also important, you know. Sure. Because um, you know you kind of want to stay away from those if they don't. So to me, I'm it's like I got like a a filter. If something makes me feel something, I'm like oh, I got to take that. I want to take that. Yeah, it might be an interpretation of a feel or something. Mm-hmm. I'm like, man, I, okay, let me put that in the box. Like, so when I'm playing, it's just this vocab and, and interpretation of things that are felt, you know, because that's what I'm going for. Yeah, you know, something living, breathing, like you said. Well, I, we we would we were playing the same club you were playing, and then I was playing. And if uh-huh. I get down there early enough, I could sit there and I could watch and I could feel the energy from. And the tone that you were getting from the mm-hmm. snare drum, just mm-hmm. standing behind you in the window, and like, oh, that's a good, you know, and and playing some songs that that I've played, but it's right. like, oh, well, why not? Like <laughs> yeah. that, you know, and 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 trying to borrow some of that, mm-hmm. you know, for sure. Mm-hmm. That was that was always fun. So, yeah, yeah. But man, that that that's that's cool. And and who's the drummer for Miranda Lambert? Dude, it's a guy named Max. Oh my gosh, <laughs> Max is—he's like my spiritual brother. I, I, he's an incredible drummer, amazing story, really under the radar. Yeah, uh, and we the, spoke about this before, and yeah, it's like not, we need to—we need to find him. Yeah, not not a huge social media guy. Yeah, uh, very well thought out. Um, I mean, if you talk to him for five minutes, you'll be like, "Huh." That whole thing we were talking about in the beginning of like, uh, you know, to I, I, the way people manipulate language, it, it speaks to how they approach music, you know, mm. um, or not. Like I, I, I have a daughter who who doesn't speak, and <laughs> the way that she, you know, navigates her life is so heartfelt and amazing. But yeah, Max, I love him, man. That's I, awesome. And just the energy that he gets. Um, I always talk about the wheel and playing. It's like if you turned everyone else off, do you have this forward momentum in your playing that's attractive, right? I call it the wheel. It's like if if it's just you, can you hold energy enough to where people can still feel something? Is it consistent enough? You know, mm-hmm. and he man, he does that, and 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 he's just interesting. Fraser, you know, it's not it's not like a ton of notes, but his choices are very interesting and musical. You know, I, I like I love his attack, but he's just a great dude, great drummer, and Miranda's great. Yeah, she brings it every night, man. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm she, a fan of both those groups. I'm a fan of of what you do in Little Big Town and, yeah. and Miranda as well. Yeah, sure. you man, you want to talk about excellence, man? Miranda, great show. Man. Yeah, yeah. Well, let me ask you while we're on this, uh, just about the double drumming, like. Mm-hmm. Was there any discussion, forethought? How do you guys approach that? Well, with a lot of 
grace and care and respect. I don't know if we ever had a conversation about it, but once again, the way that we communicate with each other is just a lot of uh, compassion and like we almost, and this is a therapeutic concept. I'm going to use this right now. Um, yeah. I talk about it all the time. Like the, there's three different positions in relationship when you're talking to people. Like the first position is like if we're going back and forth, what are my thoughts about what we're talking about? The second position is if we're having an argument or a disagreement, what is your experiences experience of what's happening right now? Third position is like being a fly on a wall. Mm-hmm. You're neither here nor there. Um, it's really hard for two people to disagree if both people are in second position because you got more options. It's like I'm talking to Matthew and – I'm thinking, man, what is your experience of what's happening right now? It's way more empathy, way more, you're just way more resourceful because you're not, you know, you're not so caught up in your own experience. Mm -hmm. So Max and I definitely just communicate in second position. Mm. I'm always thinking, okay, um, obviously, you know, I have enough understanding of why he's putting where he's putting things. And so certain songs, I won't even play kick. Certain songs, I'm like, I'm not going to play. We both playing a train beat. I'm, he's playing his on a hi-hat. I'll play it on a snare. I won't play, you know, rim shots. And he's very – and he handles my – when I'm leading with care, you know. Okay. And then sometimes we'll plan certain fields together to be really dynamic. Like every – but it's we never really discussed it. Mm-hmm. It's more of an attitude of that second position thing of like, man, what is your experience and how can I support you? Like what do you need? You know, mm-hmm. like, what do you need, man? Mm-hmm. Like, that that would just solve so much in relationship. How different play of a player is he than you? A lot different. Okay. A lot different because, well, we both, I feel like, prioritize the groove and feel of things before anything else. Um, he's got heavy metal background, <laughs> so his phrasing is is leads more to that um, mm-hmm. a lot of times. Um, he <laughs> Drum sizes. You know, I play at 13, 16. Yeah. He's like 12, 14, 16. He might even have a 20-inch kick. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah. But, I mean, he plays really huge, heavy pocket, you know. Yeah. Um, but um, we definitely, if if the click is on and we both start a groove, we will put it in a different spot. Yeah. But we're both aware if I wanted to, we could put it in each other's spot. <laughs> you know okay, what I mean? Yeah, like yeah, that's yeah, that's yeah. there. Um, and so we we play with that. Like I don't, you know, if we're both playing, oh god, to do like I don't try to dog the pocket. It's like if it's a Miranda song, I'm gonna allow him to lead and I'm gonna kinda like sit back, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and just be supportive. But uh but yeah, the it's all about the way you choose to manipulate it, though, right? Like, I think if he wanted to, he could probably sit and play a little Big Time's gig very similar. Mm-hmm. And I and I feel the same way. Okay. If if something happened and I had to fill in with Miranda, like, I would, I would, I could get really close to where he's putting things and mm-hmm. his phrasing and, and uh, dynamics, all that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, and we nerd out, man. We the last tour, we we'd be on a pad every day talking about hand technique and. We, we, we nerd out pretty good. That's awesome. <laughs> that, there's that um, George Harrison concert, um, concert for George that had multiple drummers on mm-hmm. it right after he passed away. 
And that was so fascinating to watch all these different players play with each other and different and like when to play, when not to play. That's right. And like how to enforce backbeats. Yeah. And um, Keltner was on there and oh. just sometimes just with a couple mallets playing just two and four. Yeah, he'd be interested to see play with another drummer. To do. Yeah. yeah, and you hear these Almond Brother recordings and how one person is playing top down and mm-hmm. the other's playing bottom up mm-hmm. just to kind of create right. this stereo image mm-hmm. in a sense. That's good. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So I'm always curious about that. Years ago, I talked to Keo about that when he was doing a little bit of double drumming and um, Jake Gammon and I always joke about that. Like we've shared some of the same gigs. It's like, I feel like he's such a different player than me that I think it would work out really well. Yeah. 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 You, you know? Yeah. So yeah. it would be fun. It just yeah. takes humility, I think, and big ears. Yeah. Humility, yeah. which... Yeah, I don't I, know Max, but I know you, and I'm like, God, that makes perfect sense. Yeah, I, I don't think either one of us would be in the seat that we're in if we didn't have that humility with the artist that I, we're Yes, for. I love that. I you love know, that. like, yeah. it, you know, Little Big Town, they're great, but <laughs> they know that I'm, man, I'm a waiter. It's like, hey, whatever you, what, what do you need, you know? Yeah. That's amazing. Well, and when we talked about this before... You had nothing but great things to say about this organization. Mm-hmm. And just, I hope for listeners, set a standard for what we should expect in an organization that we invest so much yeah. of who we are as musicians and who we are as individuals. That's right. You know, it's, it's, it's wonderful. Well, tell me about this space. This is yeah. freaking amazing. Thank you, man. I'm glad you're able to come by. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, it's, a, it's, a, it's a venture, and I... I'm really excited about it. Like like I said earlier, we have the physical gym. You can sign up and go get cardio, hit training. You can go to Gold's, get a personal trainer, and work on your physical body. Um, but where can you go and work on your internal environment? Where can you go and work on personal development? And what I saw was something really bad happens in life. You lose someone. You lose a spouse. I've sat with people where they lose kids, public shame. Um, you fall, divorce, lose a job, and then we want to go get help, right? And it's nothing wrong. I'm not saying something wrong with that, but and when I play football, you go see the therapist when you're recovering from injury. Yeah. I believe that there needs to be way more of a focus on preventative care, right? Like all the things... So you have some type of fitness when life comes fast. Right, because you don't you, you go to the gym in anticipation of handling what life right. throws at you. That's right. Mm-hmm. So so this this is the mental gym. And I I call it the space because what I do a lot here is I create space between you and what you've been through, right? Because most of the time when we feel disconnection is because we're showing up like what we've been through as opposed to who we are, right? Mm. It's like we're telling ourselves, you gotta be this way. And it's like, wait a minute, I'm in a whole new city now. <laughs> wait a minute, this is a different woman or man. This is, uh-huh. Wait a minute, this is a different gig. Yeah. Wait a minute, this is a different genre. Uh-huh. Wait a minute, like everybody's not against me. Mm. You know, so that's, I wanted to create that this place here, anything that has anything to do with wellness, here, so I, I, my vision is the Enneagram. Have you heard of the Enneagram before? Yeah, of course. 
So I think I'm a seven. Same. I'm a seven. I thought I was a one. I was mistyped, but I'm a seven. Um, to me, all that awareness gives you agility. I call it role agility. You know, you you have the ability to say, hey, man, this is how I respond under stress. Mm-hmm. And I know I know my patterns. Um, I know what patterns I like and which ones I need to work on. Right. Because a lot most of the time, most people are living through patterns that are kind of driving them. Because yeah. they were created, like I said before. So in here, it's, it's a fun work too, man. It's like we get into it. It's not this, it can get heavy. Yeah. But I, I, my vision is to keep it fun. We get into your story experientially, which means it's not a ton of talk therapy. It's not me telling you what you should do. It's more of you, um, me holding space for you mm. to um, live from the best of you. And we have so much wisdom inside. <laughs> it, it blows my mind. You every say day. we. Humans, man. Mm-hmm. Humans. We have so much wisdom inside. But what happens is we get blended with the trauma piece, mm-hmm. like I said before. So, man, you come in here and we, we I like working in groups, um, but I also do one on one, you know. And what kind of people are you seeing? Anyone. Okay. Anyone. Um, You've mentioned musicians. Things, musicians. I work. I work with the Green Bay Packers. I work with uh, the NFL. I'm working. I just signed a deal, or I'm signing a deal with an NFL agent. Um, one of my buddies, uh, Blake Baratz. He's a great dude. He's got a company called IFA. He's been an agent over 15 years now, mm-hmm. and he and I have gotten a relationship, and um, I'm gonna work with him and his team and we're going to grow it out and players and but um gosh I can't imagine like what a deep well for modern professional athletes yes yeah and I'm not a sports guy but when I look at it from that perspective understanding the pressure and the performance aspect of that and the money Mm -hmm. and the wear and tear physically the mental has to just be right behind following all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And man, what I what I what I find is we are so similar. Yes, everybody's just is so. I mean, I'm I'm coaching pastors that are females, female pastor, sixties to a player. One of my clients is a receiver for the Bucks um, to. Musicians, a lot of Optavia health coaches recently for some reason. <laughs> um, a lot of people, and and the way that I've been uh, kind of fishing in a sense is, uh, I call myself the unblocking coach. I just to make it something easy that people can can mm-hmm. resonate with. It's like, hey, um, have you found yourself um, gathering a bunch of information and maybe not taking action on what you have? And what I realized is like, man, you know this from studying drums, information doesn't change your skill set unless you can apply it. Right. And the reason we don't apply it is because we have a block. And more often than not, that block is whenever we were not able to have an empowered response. If you think about it. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, and, you know, 
I'll, I'll say this as a Christian man, I also think this work will revolutionize the church mm-hmm. because, um, so for me in my journey, um, I'm like, all right, man, where can I join God's hands? And I started realizing that, okay, if Jesus came to bri- build a bridge, right? Jesus came to build a bridge um, for us to reconnect to our higher power, um, regardless of sin, right? Um, now, the yoke of Christ is light. So if we take on the yoke of Christ, what did Christ do when he walked the earth? He was reversing the effects of sin, miracles. You can see now, healing the sick. And this work, all trauma is based in sin somewhere. Hmm. And if we're doing the work, we can't erase trauma. Um, but what we can do is adjust our emotional history around it, update our system mm-hmm. to where, you know, you may have a 15-year-old part. It's a part of you that's 15 years old. That's when you experience trauma. And that 15-year-old version of yourself is showing up in different relationships. And the work that I do is to update that 15-year-old, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And it's like, hey, man, you're 31 now. You're a lot more safe than you were back then. Right. I don't want to vilify you. I want to love on you and right size you within, you know, the overall system of myself, mm-hmm. of yourself, you know. Mm-hmm. So um, I feel like I'm doing the Jesus work, man. I believe that. Yeah. Um, it makes a lot of sense to me. And I think it's powerful. Like there's a lot of technique in the Bible mm. that I feel like we don't we could access more. It's not about what we don't do, but we could access more through um, inviting therapeutic concepts. Like Mm -hmm. more therapeutic concepts doesn't challenge my faith. It actually strengthens my faith. For sure. And that's my experience. Yeah. And and you don't have to believe that. But um, I just think there's a lot more technique that we have access to. It's not a willpower thing. Like procrastination is not a... It's not a, a symptom of like, you don't want it bad enough. It's, it's you don't know what to do, you know, a lot of times, or you don't trust right. what you've been told to do. So so there's a lot of just very kind of Western concepts about not working hard enough. Yeah. Not yeah. caring enough. Uh-huh. Um, not putting in the time. That's right. Um, I also wonder how much you're dealing with the state of how culturally we see mental illness Mm -hmm. and counseling and changing the narrative of how we handle mental illness. Mm -hmm. It, we see the world day to day now and I'm like, Oh my gosh, this is what we're dealing with now. I thought as I got older, the world would change and I feel like it would progress in a beautiful way. And I Mm -hmm. feel like we've just, we ebb and flow. I don't know mm-hmm. if I'm making any sense. You're making complete sense. You're making a lot of sense. Um, what I see, and I'll speak for especially black males, okay, African-American males, um, a lot of times we run with the narrative, I got to be strong, or males in general. Um, I'm not allowed to feel. No mm-hmm. one cares about my feelings. Yes, thank you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And... Um, that is a perfect recipe for dysfunction mm-hmm. and suppressing. Um, I think if we start asking um, kids, what are you doing with what you're holding? That's how we're going to get to change and then give them a process to do something with it. 
like a, a way to organize their experience so they're not just looking to one thing to be felt, seen, and heard. It's like, you know, because I, I think that's why people act out, man. Yeah. Um, my, and, and I'm going to just speak to this because I'm convicted about it, but we just had another school shooting and it just, you know, it broke my heart. And I see people talking about come against gun violence. And I'm like, yo, the biggest violence we need to come against is self-violence. Because that's what a lot of us are doing. Mm. It's not an isolated thing. A lot of us are using our creativity to tear down ourselves. Mm. And when we work on that, that's when we will see change. But the question becomes, how do I do that? Join this work that I'm talking about, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Open these conversations. Um, There are a lot of people, man, when you don't feel felt, seen, and heard, you tend to isolate. You form a way of being. And there's um, more and more opportunities to isolate. Yes. Yeah. 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 So so that, I mean, we, you know, and I'm not saying that we don't need gun reform. I'm not saying that. I'm just saying I wish there was more of a focus on not just this really broad, we need to focus on mental health. Well, let's focus on how. If I, actually, let's all be a part of it. Let's all ask ourselves, um, what am I doing with what I'm holding? Mm-hmm. <laughs> what am I doing with what I'm holding? Do I have a process? My anger. First of all, yeah, it's okay for you to be angry. But what are you doing with it? Mm. Do, you have, do you have healthy ways to cope? You know? And I think if we start asking the personal questions and we all start showing up to do our own work and reaching out to professionals to help us navigate this thing, mm-hmm. that will create real change. Um, because I, I, I talk about this a lot, but uh, when we can become a compassionate witness to our own history, mm, I love that. That's healing, right? When we build that bridge, and, and and it's funny what happens. You automatically start being a compassionate witness to other people's history, mm-hmm. and you can't make an enemy that way. <laughs> <laughs> like even in your car, it's like I'm driving. Somebody cut me off. We tend to blame the person and not the situation. It's like, God, what are you doing, jerk? Instead of, I wonder what they're going through. I was talking to somebody the other day about that when we were traveling and there was a bit of road rage going on, you know. And I said, you know, my my, my son just got his driver's license and Mm -hmm. two months in was an offender bender. Everybody was safe. Mm. It was fine. But he was driving home and the rear bumper was just mangled. Mm-hmm. He was out of sorts. Yeah. I bet. After the whole I event. Bet, man. My buddy drove by him, saw the car, texted me, hey, what happened to Isaac? His, I'm like, what are you talking about? And the whole rear bumper was just mangled. He goes, and I saw him drive by and he had that deer in the headlights. I'm look. sure he did. I'm sure he did. And I'm like, I'm on my way home now. Mm-hmm. And he was just shaken to mm-hmm. the core. Mm-hmm. And I think about that trip from where he had the accident to home and the people driving around him. And he was probably going under the speed limit, like, I just got to get home. Mm-hmm. I'm going to I'm, I'm, I'm gonna fall apart here. Yep. And I remind myself that if I'm driving behind somebody that's slow, just using this as an example, what was their day like? Yeah. 
Did they yeah. lose somebody? Did they just get fired? Did, mm -hmm. did is, is, are they just learning to drive? Is this the first time they've driven? For, you know, I don't know. There's so many like, extending that grace. Yeah, it's taken some time to, but that as an example, whether it's in line at the grocery store or at a rehearsal or on a gig yep. or um, managing my relationships. Yeah, it's been a necessary thing for yeah. me to figure out to have more peace because otherwise I can't imagine where I'd be right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Not that I'd, I've got a long way to go, but I'm going to age a lot faster if I don't figure this out. Hey, that, that's right. <laughs> I, I say this all the time. Like I say the grace you have is the grace you have. And, and, and what, what you're saying, what I hear you saying is, you know, if you have the flexibility and role agility to say, you know what, what's the situation? That's emotional intelligence. Um, you know what? My first inclination is to blame the person. But what's the situation? It opens the door to grace and compassion. Mm -hmm. Think about yourself, especially as men, a lot of times we blame ourselves uh, when things go that didn't go wrong. I'm not worthy. I ain't good enough. Mm -hmm. We open the door to so much shame. And I feel like there's so many of us walking around with shame. So many musicians walking around just flooded with shame and it's because we're blaming us and not considering the situation now i'm not saying don't take accountability don't work on yourself you know but especially because being a musician it can be it can appear to be very competitive at times oh yeah so we just it's like well my worth is in if i'm gonna take agency and it's me if i didn't get that gig well maybe that wasn't that wasn't you know you play a different way they were looking for something different you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. What's the situation? <laughs> and, and you know, for for those for those musicians and drummers that are listening to this right now, like, what are we talking about here? We're talking about something that's super important in being able to manage your experience in in the music industry. That's if right. This is what you want to do. You need to wrap your head around the idea that you're not going to get every gig, no matter that's how right. good you think you are. And if you are an amazing player, that's great. But that alone does not qualify you for every situation. That's right. And you are going to experience failure. Mm -hmm. You're going to experience setbacks. Yep. Uh, I think an experience or something that I learned about was John Fogarty put out what Blue Moon Swamp in a record in the mid 90s. And he used like six different drummers who played on almost the whole record. Mm -hmm. So everybody from Eddie Bears, That's wild. Vinnie Caliuta, uh, Kenny Aronoff, mm -hmm. and a couple others played, each, each drummer played multiple tracks, mm -hmm. and then he chose which ones he wanted. We're talking incredible players. Mm -hmm. Kenny made it on probably most of the record. <laughs> Vinnie made it on one song. Mm -hmm. Eddie made it on one song. Mm -hmm. And that was a time when I started to play on recordings with other drummers. Mm -hmm. And maybe my my part, my track was getting replaced by another drummer or something like that. Yeah. And it's like, what, wait, what? Mm -hmm. And it's like, it was no reflection on who I was. Now again, taking accountability. What can I do to be better? But, it, but you're talking about your voice. That's right. 
So not, not to muddy the waters too much, but that, that's an example of like, you are going to experience that, that you can hold as like, how am I failing? Like this trauma, like how am I, uh, why am I not worthy to be on every record, to play with right. every band? And it's like, right. you have to be able to manage that in such a way that you're like, okay, cool. This is good. There's room for me in this world. There's that's room right. for me in this business, in this, in this art. That's right. I, 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 first of all, I love Kenny and the way that he organizes his life experience. This dude is always on a hundred, like super <laughs> positive dude. Um, but I, I mean, I like to, I like to lean on the saying of, you know, life is happening for me, not to me, you know, no matter what happens, uh, good or bad. I mean, I walked in and, and auditioned amongst 10 drummers for Kelly Clarkson. Right. I did not get the gig, obviously. Uh, my friend, who lives down the street from me now got the gig, you know? Yeah. Um, but then I walked in and I got a little big town gig yeah. and that gig is a lot more fitting for my voice and, and, and also my call and my mission, which I didn't even really understand because I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing if it wasn't for little big town because little big town connected me to onsite. You know what I mean? Uh, little big town, okay. Karen's little big town said, you're going to be a life coach. And I'm going to help you do that. That was going to be my question. Yeah. Like, what brought you to this? Was that through the band? So I was in ministry school. Yeah. Because I just felt like I wanted to serve people on a deeper level. And I wanted to know how to study the word. On a, like, I'm like, man, I, wanna, I want my faith to be based on my relationship first with God. Uh -huh. So I went back to school and, I was, and it was going great. Loved it. And Karen was like, you know, Hubert, we were in the studio one night. And everybody's kind of hanging out, drinking wine after. And her and Jimmy, they actually both set me down. And they were like, we don't want to come against your faith. But if you go the life coach route, there will be a lot more people that are accepting to your message and your help. And you probably could touch more people. Mm -hmm. And so I got my first, I, got, I was like, okay, I got a certif certification at that point, and I just more started labeling myself as a coach mm -hmm. um, and studying things from that approach as opposed to, hey, this is what I believe and you should subscribe to it. Sure. A coach is going to ask you great questions and and you're the master. Uh -huh. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, right. It's not about me telling you how to live your life. It's right. I'm going to challenge you. Uh, we're going to have accountability, but. This is a co-creation. I'm walking with you. Yeah. I'm not pulling you up. You know what I mean? If if, if you can imagine that. It's, it's not teaching a, the person how to pull themselves right, up. Right, right. That's right. Okay. That's right. Mm -hmm. It's not a thing of, um, you'll see a lot of motivational speakers. They will have to get to the point where they're telling you, what I have is what you want. And if you do things like I'm telling you, you can get what I have. My approach is, I love you. And I'm going to sit here and listen to you. And I'm going to use my skill set to help you see you. And, mm. and then we'll go from there. You know? What have you learned since you started this? Oof. Um, we're all holding pain. Mm. Um, I see pain, man. Um, I see more of my own pain. And, and I see what I've done with it involuntarily. And I see the importance of... Uh, being proactive about navigating my pain. Um, to go back to the marriage thing, I'm in a season with my wife where 
I'm almost waking up. It's like it's been 10 years. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I wish I knew how to work. I knew how to work on the drums when I got married. I knew how to work on my body. I didn't I didn't have technique on how to work on me. And if I did, um, it probably would have gone a lot smoother. <laughs> and and I and, and the conversation would be different. We would have different boundaries, you know. Yeah. And now we're getting into that work. Um, but that's what I'm learning. Um, also, the effects of trauma. A lot of times we don't even understand how trauma is affecting us. I see it, it always affects us in a body, right? Yeah, so, right. So just like we we form a figurative defensive posture, I see a lot of times we hold trauma in our body. And we may mentally forget about what happened because we're suppressing. Um, and and uh, that makes it even more confusing to deal with stuff. Mm-hmm. I've also found that, you know, the part of our brain that holds trauma, it doesn't even understand language. That's why we can't logically willpower our way to healing. Mm. That's why it doesn't work. So, um, and for me doing this work, I have to be doing it first. <laughs> I've learned that. Right? Um, have you sought out counseling for yourself? I have to. Uh, my friends have gone from drummers to therapists and drummers, but uh, I have to. Yeah. Because every day I got to ask myself, what am I doing with what I'm holding? You know what I mean? For sure. And and uh, because this is my job and I respect the craft, I can't take things into the next session. You know what I mean? But I got to still show up for people. But navigating that, I mean, there's been times like I'll be on the road and I'll take three calls and then go to sound check. And the things that I hear in these calls. Wow. You know? And, you know, I am a coach, I'm not a therapist, but um, I am skilled enough to go into the story in a safe way. And then we're building. It's more focused on, you know, building and, and, and uh, accountability. But we do go in the story to figure out why. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't go in the story, it's just me motivating you. Yeah. And that's not really sustainable because I can't always be there to do that. Mm-hmm. So um, I've learned that um, also. <laughs> and I, parents, like I said earlier, kids learn how to regulate their parents. If I do this, they, they're okay. Mm-hmm. If I do that, they lose it. So I'm not going to do that. If I do this, I receive love. I'm going to do more of that, whatever that is. Yeah. Right. And that, that conversation in a child literally creates the way most adults show up in the world and Mm. unpacking all of that. So we're as adults still doing, we're following those patterns. Oh yeah. Oh yeah, man. Especially as people that perform in any capacity in their career, we're constantly seeking that love. Yes. I, I mean, so as a performance coach, I'll use this analogy, right? Um, uh, it's Tom Brady, two-minute game, right? Two minutes left in the game. Tom Brady is excellent. He's very resourceful. He's only resourceful because his anxiety is low. If our anxiety is high, our resourcefulness and creativity goes down. Mm-hmm. Now, when I look at Tom Brady, he's executing because he's operating with all of his adult parts. 
when you're on stage and you're hearing that message of, oh, solo time, nobody really wants to hear the drummer solo. <laughs> I bet if you unpacked your story, you realize, wait a minute, that's that 12 year old version of me that like, I started telling myself that message because maybe that was the reality when I was 12. But now I'm 30 something and I've been playing drums ever since. Mm -hmm. So if I update the system, I get a new message and then I play better. Yeah. So so these these concepts I'm talking about can literally just be applied to performance because it's all performance. It's right, like right. what version. So when they say Matthew Krause on the drums solo and everybody stops playing on superstition. <laughs> yeah. What what what? <laughs> what version how old is this Matt yeah well and that's the thing unfortunately it's 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 the age I am now and it's it's all that like I'm over analyzing and cannot mm. play a solo for the life of me compared to the 17 year old me mm. that would have been like yeah here we go because it's like all that experience I mean seriously it's 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 funny playing stuff now that I like when I was a kid, maybe even playing some of the same types of music or same songs and being like, why is it that was never an issue? But now it is because it's mm -hmm. like because there's so much more experience and so much more judgment. I, that, I, that was the word. I, I, so so, man, a lot of the work that I do, we move from judgment to being curious so anytime you feel your system being flooded with judgment, uh -huh. choose curiosity. Okay. What's yeah. going on? Right. Instead of, God dog it, that lick again? Yeah. It's yeah. like, let me be curious about where am I right now? What am I grateful for? Let's be curious about that sticking. And then that brings you to a present moment. You're right. As opposed to when you judgmentally were listening to drummers. Because what happens is you start playing how you listen. So you, you watch other drummers, you're very judgmental. Mm -hmm. And then you get judgmental of yourself. <laughs> mm -hmm. And that doesn't make for a great mm -hmm. drum solo. You know what yeah. I mean? It's like, but if you choose curiosity over judgment, um, it keeps you safe. And no matter what happens, I'm being curious. Oh, I hit the rim. But if I did it again, then it's a thing. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> so this is in, so on that real quick, yeah. uh, now I remember uh, I saw a quote from Benny Greb and he was like, anything that you hit, if it creates, if it helps the groove, no matter if you're hitting the rim, accidentally hit a stick, whatever, if it's in time, then it works. 100%. I and I love, I love that. that. It's like, well, that, that, that's, you know, all that stuff. The other thing that I, I feel like I can relate, and maybe I need to apply this if we use me as the, the patient here in this scenario, okay. is that when I first started this podcast, it was a challenge to myself to open myself up to my peers originally. Mm -hmm. So people like, we didn't really know each other, mm -hmm. but people that I knew of, like you, like Nick Buda, uh, Greg Lohman, mm -hmm. Keo Stroud, people within my community that were, I felt were my peers, but I had a disconnect with. Yeah. Wasn't a, a it might've been a little bit of some judgment. It might've been, it, it was some insecurity. It was a lot of us working for the same gigs. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I'm tired of feeling this way. Yeah. I want to, I don't want to distance myself from that person. Yeah. I want to bring them, come to my house, let's talk. And that changed so much for me the way I saw the 
other people in my community, the drummers in my community, to feel, yeah, feel more comfortable about listening and being curious about why this player is playing so much better than me and be like, okay, how can I learn from this? How can I borrow mm -hmm. from him or her to grow as opposed to distance, continue to distance myself from the community because of my own insecurities. Mm -hmm. And and I just let my guard down. Yeah. And I, I've, I've said this so many times and I hope that listeners feel that way too when they're, they, they're listening to your story, they're listening mm -hmm. to my story, to anybody else's story and like, I relate to that. Mm -hmm. This person I've seen, I've listened to, they have a skill set that I want to attain to have a greater understanding of. But when I hear their struggles, yeah, their um, insecurities, um, mm -hmm. not that it has to be that, but their journey I can relate to and I feel a kinship That's right. and an opportunity for growth. Yeah. You know what? A, what a beautiful thing you've done, dude! Um, like it's almost bringing tears to my eyes because I can see if you think about the drumming community as a system, mm -hmm. what you did was you held space for mm. connection. You so. combated your judgment with curiosity, and that's what you're making me realize yes. right now. Yes, yes, mm -hmm. and because you held space for people, they felt felt seen and heard mm -hmm. and it healed the whole system mm -hmm. and if we can do that with our own internal environment yeah. and our own parts it's like what parts of me need to be felt seen and heard what parts are driving me to medicate with maybe alcohol or drugs or sex i don't want to push those parts out i want to do what you just said I want to open the floor and be like, yo, what do you, what do you need? Mm -hmm. And I'm going to give those parts an opportunity to be heard. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to see the pain. Yeah. And then when they feel seen, they can be healed. Yeah. So like what you did is a perfect model for how we can approach our internal performance. Right. And I mean, that's the whole deal, you know? And that leaves room for growth. Oh yeah. I mean, because there's times it's like, I didn't, I don't want to watch the person that's playing before me. I don't want to feel like mm. crushed by their great performance. And it's like, that's not healthy. That's right. That's not that's good, right. man. Yeah. It's like that young person would go out and see people all the time, go out, experience. But at, at a certain age, everyone that was better than you was older than you. And, that's and, right. and then, and then you reach a point where it's your peers that are killing it. And it's, and, and now I'm at a place where all these young people are coming in and doing amazing work. Uh -huh. And I'm able to celebrate that mm. with them and kind of learn. I had, uh, we had on a drummer recently, Nate Felty, who's doing oh, such I love Nate. great I love Nate. stuff. In his approach, he's so good. Yeah, yeah and, and, and it's like, now I have the opportunity to really listen to somebody like him and celebrate his, uh, his what he's bringing to our town. Now. That's right. And be like, and, and partly, what can I borrow from him? And what can I also just celebrate and be like, that's, yeah. that's what he does, you know? 100%. So yeah. Nate's a great example. And, and I, I love that you're, you're coming at all the judgment with curiosity. It's like, you know what, man? Screw the judgment. Like, come here. Sit with me. 
yeah. let's learn. And, and you know, <laughs> at a certain point, like we were talking about, the way you manipulate the instrument, it's just the way you choose to speak. Like, I love the way that Nate plays because he literally, I feel like, sits down and figures out every way to play a triplet in every position <laughs> right. um, between right. different patterns and, like, what if you did it and came in on beat three and, mm-hmm. you know, in the first course. Mm-hmm. And, you know, his oppor- his opportunities will make sense to the way that he's chasing his curiosity, right? Yeah. And same thing for you. Same thing for me. Mm-hmm. It, it, timing, you know, it, it will happen when it happens. But if we chase our cur- curiosity, we will get where we're supposed to go. Yeah. And if we don't, chasing curiosity is so fulfilling. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's like, that's living. Mm-hmm. And, and you can stay away from the judgmental uh, thing that just invites so much shame and, and taps us down, you know? It just, it, it impedes progress. It, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think about in the past, like those who, the arc of their career was somehow squashed by just their inability to see potential. That's right. Let me ask you about where you see this going. Oof. All right. I'm a big dreamer, Matt. <clears throat> Here's what I believe. Um, I believe that I'm going to franchise this place. Mm. I believe that I'm going to take experiential work, um, spread it to different places. It's going to infiltrate the church. <laughs> mm-hmm. And people are going to be having experiential Bible studies. They do that. Mm-hmm. But um, I wanna, I'm want i going to be one of the... Um, like an ambassador for it, um, mm-hmm. um, making mental health not just a judgmental thing of, oh, that person has bad mental health. The technique behind it. So, I see, I see it growing, man. I, I'm, I'm, I'm gathering a group of coaches because um, obviously I travel a lot and I'm doing a ton, and I have a ton of kids. <laughs> <laughs> so, I see, you know, I'm different coaches that work under my umbrella here and and then we keep duplicating the process the more we learn yeah so this is my life's work mm. and and i'm committed to this i'm i also have a, a are you foundation. surprised by that um man because you talked about when you played football and it's like you knew you always wanted to be a coach yeah so yeah. maybe you're not so surprised that you uh, find no, yourself I, here you know i I'm surprised at um, my growth in the last few years. Um, not that I wasn't growing, but the revelation has been, I believe, supernatural. Let me tell you this. I'm not surprised <laughs> by where you are at. Just in getting to know you through the times that we've met and, and hung out and stuff like that mm-hmm. from the first time we met. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I see this. Well, this that's cool to hear. To <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. I appreciate that. I'm sure a lot of people do. I appreciate that. Man. I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited. It's not mm-hmm. an easy journey, but uh, I know I feel called and I know where I'm, I'm like I'm, I'm in position. You know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. So I'm, I'm just I'm just being radical, man. I'm being radical, radical belief. Just like I did with the drums, man. Radical. Yeah, I can play a little big town. <laughs> yeah, I'll play. Yeah, I'll play country music. Yeah. yeah. Just be radical, man. Yeah. yeah. Right. Where can people 
seek you out, seek this out? So I have a website, huberpain.com. Um, also, I'm on Instagram, posting content all the time. Yeah. Just add my name, Hubert Payne. Um, I have a link in my bio on Instagram, Linktree, where you can schedule time. So anybody, anybody, uh, I do free 30-minute discovery calls where it always lasts more than 30 minutes, but <laughs> <laughs> but it is free. And and if you feel like it is something that could benefit you, um, I just I want to listen and see if there's synergy and see, you know, if I can help. Um, so that link is on my Instagram page, also on my website. Um, yeah, I'll be touring through the summer. Yeah. And not so much in the fall, just record promo stuff. And then we start really getting more heavy in January. But, uh, yeah, I'm around. I'm here in Nashville at Marathon Music Works. It's great. Yeah. Um, and, and, man, I appreciate you giving, giving me a chance to yeah. um, speak course, my heart, man. Matt. Like, and, and, I, and I love what you've done, man. Like, Thank you. you. You, you're amazing, dude. Thank like, you, man. Well, yeah. I, it's again. I, I mean, I'm I'm speaking this this, I, not to be self-serving, but I I learned so much of it, and it's 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 just like, man, if I'm growing and learning from this process, I really hope that others do, and yeah. um, and it's been yeah. it's been an amazing journey, and and I've got an amazing team, and and mm-hmm. it just makes it uh, just at this point, um, just part of my routine. <laughs> Doing this podcast is, yeah. is, is is as important to my routine as the time that I sit down with the practice pad. Yeah, and, let, let me ask you this. Yes. I think this is interesting. I know the other day I was thinking, I was like, man, my life is so crazy. I don't even know how I would survive if I wasn't signed up in the healing work. You know what I mean? And the information that you get when you sit and you're holding space for people and you're being creative yeah. Can you imagine navigating this without, you know, this podcast and the ability to sit mm-hmm. and learn from different drummers and mm-hmm. like, can you imagine your your path without this? Like, no, I can't. I mean, I, I it, and it's again, it's just it's finding a a new it's a new chapter almost yeah. coming upon eight years of doing this, but of feeling stagnant in my own journey. Mm. of growth uh not only as a drummer but as 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 a as a human just trying to navigate a very competitive yeah world but seeing it in a healthy way mm-hmm. how do i replace that fear with curiosity yeah you yeah. know yes love and, that i mean that dude i mean what you're saying today is very much inspired what what we've been doing here mm-hmm. And um, and technology and the trend. I've never been on the front of a trend before. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But when we started, no, most people didn't know what podcasts were. That's right, right. You know, right. and so now it's like now we're part of the Drum Click Network, and it's mm-hmm. like all these other people that are putting out great content, mm-hmm. like they've been doing only for a couple years, but still doing amazing things and reaching lots of people. Yeah. yeah. Um, so it, it it's it's been amazing and. I don't get it probably directly as as you do with clients, but every once in a while we get some feedback from listeners, and it's so inspirational to mm-hmm. keep on 
working and the stuff that we've, we got some great feedback um, that I was able to share with Zach and, and I just, that, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, cause man, what we, what we feed, we, you know, what we, what we're feeding ourselves is so important and yeah. you're, and you're, you're giving like so much hope. I hope so, man. And variation, you know what I mean? Different, what, different drummers doing all kinds of different things, and yeah. and then that that might give you enough fitness to get through the day when you didn't feel, you know, like you could do it. So yeah. that's yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Because I have those days. Yeah, I mean, we all we all do, <laughs> we all do. But you know, when you say yes to your call, you 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 know you've done that when you're blessing people to me. Well, and, and one of the last things I'll say is I feel like I'm participating and creating and doing a thing in a drummy drum kind of way. When I'm done with an interview, I feel like I've just walked away from a, a off stage. Whew. I get that feeling. Yeah. And it carries yeah. me. Yeah. And um, yeah. so I forget where I was going to go with that, but, but it's, it's, I remember now. I'm curious to see how like being a drummer is a part of who you are, but it's not who you are. That's right. And your employer <laughs> saw this potential in you. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you play drums, you're our drummer, you're doing this. You're, it's, it's amazing. We love having you. But there's more to you that That's right. the world needs to know about. Yep. And now you're experiencing this. And I, I'm curious to know if you're feeling those kinds of things too. Like you're Absolutely. feeling just as fulfilled in your interaction with clients. Absolutely. I, 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 certain lessons are making more sense to me because, for example, you know, I, I worshiped football. There's no other word for it. <laughs> I thought it was my identity. Yeah. And then, you know, you can go back to previous podcasts and hear about what happened to me, you know, getting hurt and, yeah. you know, losing the ability to, like, control my finger, getting stabbed and all that. Um, I took, People are like, what? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know which podcast that is. but Episode 98. Yeah, <laughs> yeah but uh, for me, it was an opportunity to take my identity back. And I realized, oh, that was a role as a football player. That's not who I am. So... I can never allow music to become my identity. It's just a role. And then that gives me flexibility to kind of go to the next mountain. You know, it's like, wait, this is not who I am. If it's a role, that doesn't mean that I'm, I'm being any less intense about it. It doesn't mean I'm not growing, you know. It just means that I'm not going to use that to define me. Um, and I think that's a powerful message to musicians. I never thought that any of this would happen. But 100% of it happened a lot from the things that I learned trying to figure out how to play the drums. Yes. <laughs> like all the stuff I'm talking about, the parts, the different limbs of the drums. You know, it's like um, giving them attention. We sit there. We sit in a practice room and make sure every limb is felt, seen, and heard. Mm -hmm. Now I'm just teaching people how to do that with their internal environment. Because I understand it's a role and not my identity, you know. Yeah. And and uh, musicians build this amazing skill set, this 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 crazy relationship with an inner critic, and I just feel like a lot of times they don't realize the beauty that they can turn that gun in a different direction and 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 and, and really you know do whatever they want to do, you know, if it's, I believe that. Yeah, I, I totally, and I feel so blessed that my life has taken the journey it has as a musician, whether 
I'm doing everything I want to with music or not is not the point, but the lessons I've learned yeah. Yeah. to deal with people, relationships, mm -hmm. my own internal self, learning skills. And I'm seeing that in my 17 year old. I'm like, the things that you're doing now yeah. with music and your guitar and voice and everything like that, you don't have to be a musician. You don't have to be a professional musician, but think about all the things you're learning about yourself and the way you learn things, and you can apply that to everything else. That's right. That's right. That's right. It's like, you know, if, if you approach it with the attitude of because I'm doing it, I'm going to give my best effort. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Then you will be able to benefit from it. It'll give you fitness that you couldn't get doing something else. You know, creativity and all these different skills, soft skills, relationship skills that it's hard to read about them and learn it. It's like, it's different, you know what Because I mean? what we hear about is we hear about all the ill effects of working in That's the music right. industry. That's right. And all the things that it can do to kill you. That's right. <laughs> yeah, and, and, and what I see in the therapy space, um, a lot of those skills are really therapeutic concepts that a lot of therapists use to help their clients move from A to B, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And we've learned them at a very young age probably like that commitment, it's, it's it's almost like it's silly that I didn't see it before. It's like, man, I thought it was about sitting in the room and playing the drums when I was a kid, but I was learning so much more. Yes. I was learning how to relationship. Yeah. And a lot of us know how to love what we do. And we don't even love ourselves that way. Oh, yeah. My God. Yes. But we can borrow that skill set if we're curious. Mm -hmm. and tamp down the shame and the judgment, you know. It's like I can learn, like, wait a minute, I know how to love music. <laughs> I, I know how to love on some drums. I show up, I'm obedient to the process, I sacrifice. Um, I choose the drums a lot of times over eating when I was younger, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's like <laughs> I can look at that relationship and say, you know what, God, dog, I know how to love. What if I did that to me? What if I love me that way? Mm -hmm. Do I love in my relationships that way? You mm -hmm. know what I mean? Like that's, yeah. those are all great questions to ask. And I think musicians will start getting into their bag and, and showing up better, you know, in, in the world. So I already know what the subtitle of this is going to be from judgment to, to curiosity. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. hundred percent, man. Woo. So when are we going to do this again, man? <laughs> Whatever, man. <laughs> I talk about this stuff all day, man. This is what, this is what I do, man. I, oh, I, man. I love it. Yeah, I love dude. It. Well, I, we're going to have a reason to, to do this again. Yeah. And um, I'm excited to be able to share this for everyone that wants to hear it. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully, man, it's something that resonates. And uh, you guys can just hear my heart. And uh, I appreciate you, Matt, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Space, cause, um, you didn't have to do this. You came here, you know what I mean? Set up gear. It's great. It's great. Yeah, it's awesome, man. Yeah. Thanks, Hubert. I appreciate you. Amen. So there you have it, my conversation with Hubert Payne. I'm looking forward to the next time we have an opportunity to sit down and chat. And uh, thanks, Hubert, for doing that. Stay tuned next week for Zach Albetta's interview with Joy Laps, a steel pan artist who just released a record called Girl in the Yard with Larnell Lewis on drums. But for now, everyone, stay sane, stay safe, and thanks so much for listening. I'll see you around. Bye-bye.